Bonjour, bonjour, and welcome to another episode of EveryoneHatesMarketers.com, the marketing podcast for marketers, founders, and tech people who are just sick of shady, aggressive marketing. I'm your host, Louis Grenier. In today's episode, we're going to talk about those shitty fake countdowns that pollute the web and discuss whether there's an actual ethical way to leverage urgency and scarcity. Um, you might have heard what I just said. I, I have this, this very weird feeling about the countdowns that I see on website and, and, and things like this because I always assume they are fake and they are like creating artificial um, an artificial deadline and my guest today will, will help us to, to, to check whether that's true or not or whether I should take it easy and maybe consider that some countdowns are a bit uh, are helpful. Um, so the, the, the concept of, of scarcity has been kind of popularized by the book Persuasion uh, uh, by Cialdini Um, and it's a book that many guests uh, in the past have mentioned, and I, I, I think a, a lot of listeners will be familiar with this book. Uh, so my guest today uh, is a software entrepreneur. He has helped entrepreneurs maximize their sales through marketing automation. He's a technical co-founder of DeadlineFunnel.com, which is a tool, uh, tool to build, you've guessed it, countdowns on your website or even email. So Jack Bourne, welcome aboard. It's great to be here, Louis. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for, for, for playing the game as well, because um, listeners might not know, know that, and actually they don't, uh, because it's an email thread, but well, a, a common uh, friend, Andre Chaperon, uh, whom I interviewed in the podcast in the past, uh, said I should talk to you and interview you. And as soon as I saw what you were about, uh, I said, oh, sorry, I don't think I can talk to this guy because he's a bit on the shady side for me, because I only saw countdowns and I was like, sorry, That, that won't work. And then you came back with a nice answer. And I realized that I was a bit of an asshole, uh, in the <laughs> first place. So let's, let's go through it in more details and, and let's dive into this particular topic because it's super interesting. So first question is, why do you think I hate countdown so much? What, what's going on in my head right now? Yeah. So, so I would guess probably the reason why you automatically assume that, you know, because, you know, because I founded a, a company that helps people, among other things, add countdowns to their website. And it really is more detailed than that. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I, it probably, you probably jumped to the uh, assumption that it was shady marketing tactics because uh, just like me, you've seen it, you've seen it used incorrectly. And so, you know, one of the things that I, I believe is that, Um, you can take almost any marketing tactic and some people will, will, will use it in a way that's ethical in a way, and, and also do it in a way that's extremely effective. And we've all seen the same marketing tactics and strategies employed in a way that are either shady or just completely ineffective and they completely fall flat. So, you know, the reason why going back to the origin story, and I'll keep this brief, but really the, the whole genesis for why I created deadline funnel is because Um, I wanted to be able to leverage something that we all know works, which is urgency um, and, and scarcity, but do it in a way that was both automated and authentic. And so what I saw out there at the time, because I really wasn't looking for a software to build, I already had other stuff that I was doing at the time. And so I was, I just assumed, well, someone surely has solved this problem. Uh, but no one had basically all there was available out there were the timers that you hate and I hate which are someone puts a timer on their page. And when the timer hits zero, if you come back tomorrow, it'll be counting down again. Um, and so I didn't want to use that, but I wanted to be able to leverage uh, urgency and a lot of my follow-up marketing 
a lot of which has to do with lead generation um, and then automated email follow-ups. So that that really that really set me on the path to creating something that I could use. And then once I realized that, well, th this is something a problem that I had. Maybe there are others out there that want to want the same uh, want to solve the same problem. So that was really the the genesis. But I think it comes back to it's it it is a tactic. You know, the use of a countdown is a tactic that in its earliest earliest iterations in the early days. Um, was used to uh, to increase pressure and to drive more sales. Uh, but at the core of it, it was fundamentally based on a lie. Um, and so that's why that's why I created the software so that uh, marketers like us could use urgency without without lying. So why is that working so much? So we all know urgency sells if you're the marketing world. And as I mentioned in the intro, if you've read the book Persuasion by, by Cialdini, you will know that scarcity is Cells, what's happening in your brain that makes it so powerful? Oh, well, so, so there've been a lot of, a lot of studies that have been done. Um, some of them have nothing to do, you know, with, with the marketing realm. Uh, but there's something that physiologically is going on. Um, they've even put, uh, participants in functional MRI machines and, um, presented them with, with scenarios and situations where something that they own is being taken away from them. And they can see that something physiologically changes in their brain. Um, so I, be I believe it goes back you know, long, long before recorded history where uh, we had to fight for our survival on a day by day basis and resources that were scarce were usually the ones that kept us alive. Um, and so I think that hardwiring um, in our brains really has persisted even to this day. It's a, it's a trigger that, you know, is really built into us. And so uh, fundamentally, when, when we have something and it's being taken away, whether it's the opportunity to take advantage of a special offer or a special deal, and we're about to lose that, uh, we feel pain. I mean, there have been studies that show that people experience the fear of loss more than they pursue, more than they're motivated to take action based on a potential gain. Um, that's been shown over and over again. Um, the book, Uh, thinking fast and thinking slow. I, I might be butchering the title a little bit, but um, you know th that's that's a um, a world-renowned economist who's done many studies that show this over and over again in, in various different scenarios. But the other thing that's going on is it's just that in today's busy world, people procrastinate, and we have a whole lot of things demanding our attention. Um, you know, from running our business to other marketing messages hitting us on a on a minute by minute or second by second basis. We've got iPhones, iPads, and all sorts of other, you know, Slack notifications and things like that. And so there's a lot of things demanding our attention. And so the natural uh, set point is for the natural default is for all of us to procrastinate as long as possible. And so by having a deadline of some sort, whether you use a countdown or not, by having a deadline on your promotions, um, you're going to have more people take action just because of all the people who are interested in paying attention there's a large percentage of them who didn't take action because they're just going into that natural default mode of procrastinating as long as possible. So fundamentally, there's a lot going on, but even if you just think in terms of uh, do human beings procrastinate? And the answer is we all know, yes, if we're being honest, we procrastinate. So a deadline forces people to make a decision. You're either in or you're out. And from experience, having deadlines work with customers, potential customers, visitors, but it also works for you as a, as a company or as an individual, because if you set yourself a deadline that, you know, in, in two weeks time or three weeks time, this will need to be done. You naturally focus your attention on making it happen and take off all the fluff so that you focus on, on what matters. So 
what I found sometimes is having a publicly available deadline that is for both people outside and people inside works super well. Um, but surely those people who didn't take action, um, let's say in a control group that didn't see the countdown and those people who, who saw the countdown and just basically took action just because of it. Do you have any proof or, or like studies with your clients that show that those people who converted because of it are as qualified and as good as a lead or as a customer than people who didn't go through? That's an interesting, interesting question. So I, so I have, I have proof that there's definitely a surge of sales, um, near the deadline. Um, so for example, so I'll cover that first. I don't, I don't, I'll, I'll cut to the end and say, I don't have any proof that the quality of the client, uh, who's buying right before the deadline is either better or worse. Um, you're, you're the first one who's, who's asked me that. But I would, but I would, I would disagree. Before I give you so the the proof that um, the deadlines increase conversions, so let's let's talk about the proof that um, the deadlines increase conversions. So anytime that someone does a product launch, whether uh, you're coming out with your product for the first time, you're doing a Black Friday sale, Cyber Monday, etc. Um, if you look at the, if, you know, there's there's a time where people can jump in and there's a cart open. There's the opportunity for uh, for you to jump on the sale where previously it wasn't available, and that's usually where there's a spike in sales. During uh, a multi-day promotion, usually the sales are going to taper off, uh, but then it's right before the deadline where sales really surge, and usually that's when there's uh, there's the majority of of the activity uh, right before the the close. So, um, so I, although I don't have any studies whether a client is either uh, you know good or bad or or worse or better depending on when they purchase, I, I definitely know for a fact that um, the biggest uh, the biggest spike in sales is right before uh, that deadline. Uh, one thing I, I do remember what I was going to say. So you mentioned in your in, in sort of the lead up to that question, you said uh, people who bought just because of the deadline. I don't think that people uh, buy just because of the deadline. You know, it, it's it's you know one of the things that I tell people all the time is that you you can't you can't steer a parked car. So in other words, if your if your product is not wanted by the market, if your marketing message is horrible, um, if people just don't want what you're offering or you're presenting it in a, in a really crappy way, it's not like throwing a countdown timer on your page is going to all of a sudden uh, fix that. Um, what, what urgency will do, what a deadline will do, is that it will take uh, something that's already working and make it all that much better. It's it's a maximizer. It's a you know it's a conversion rate optimizer. But if you've got no conversions to optimize, you can't optimize a zero. You can't you can't polish a turd. <laughs> exactly, you can't polish a turd. And I agree with you. And thanks for going through this exercise because I know it's not easy. I'm trying to challenge you as much as I can so that I can convince myself that in the future perhaps. I could use countdown in a very ethical uh, way, which is what we want to go through together. Um, I'd like to go through a step-by-step -step with you sure. that explains how we can use scarcity and urgency in an ethical manner without being shady marketers, without trying to trick people to do something they don't want to do. By the sure. way, before we go through this, I just have mm -hmm. one more point. I came up um, came up uh, this, this article from uh, Nier Eyal, who is the founder of Hooked, um, to like building product that, that stick and that people are, are hooked to, um, I'm air quoting right now. Um, he, he came up with a, a, an interesting concept, which he calls the regret test. And I think mm -hmm. this is kind of the answer to, to the question as well. And to the debate we're having right now is as long as people buy from you 
a good product, first of all, like a good product that makes their life easier and that is good, uh, intrinsically. If they bought it because of the deadline as well, it, that really helped them to move from I'm not buying to buying and they don't regret this decision after the fact, they're actually happy with this decision, then, you know, it's all good. Yeah, I feel absolutely. that the regret test is good when it's people regret their purchase or their actions as soon as they've done it. And in this, in this instance, it also probably means that the product wasn't good enough or that there was too many shady marketing tactics at once that really put them under pressure to buy it. And I think it's a great way to think about it. Will your people, will your customer regret doing what you wanted them to do or will they be happy with it? And here, that's a great one. Here's another one. Um, so I was recently at a conference in Chicago and uh, the, the speaker at the front of the room brought this up and I, and I jotted it down. So the idea is um, if, you, if, if, if you truly love someone, if you think about someone that you truly care about in your life, it might be a family member or a dear friend, uh, assuming that, you're, that they would possibly be an ideal prospect for what you're offering, would you, would you sell your product to them? And would you sell, would you market, would you use everything that you could in order to convince them. Um, and so if, if, if that's really an acid test to see, do you really believe in your product? Because I think you and I have both bought things where we had the buyer's regret. Doesn't matter whether they had a, a countdown or deadline or not. Um, you know, just what we, what we got versus what we thought we were going to get uh, was two totally different things. And obviously the person promoting it, um, at least from my point of view, I know that I've thought many times before that the, it really reflected on the person who was the marketer, who was the person selling it, because obviously they just, you know, they, they needed the cash flow because this is not something that they would in good conscience sell to someone that they cared about. Yeah, the mom test, would you sell that to your mom? Would you, would you write this email to your mom? Would you, would you sell this software to your mom? Is usually a good, a good test, uh, whether or not you're doing good marketing. Uh, so thanks for that. That's also a good example. Now let's go to the practical, the practicality sure. of it. Uh, let's say we are, we have a business where we are selling whatever online could be a software, could be something else. Um, and we do want to kind of use urgency and scarcity, um, to, to try to encourage people to take action. Um, but we want to do that in an ethical way. What would be a step-by-step -step process that you would go through, uh, with them starting with step one sure well step one goes back to what i was saying where you can't polish a turd so you you, you got to make sure that there's there's a market to, to match fit that people in your market actually want what you're offering and probably the best way to do that is to is to do a live promotion um, that might be if you have a subscriber list and this is the first time you're bringing your product to the world this is some form of of a product launch or product announcement um, it could be a partner webinar that you that you do with someone, uh, but whatever it is, you should should do the the, the live promotion for several reasons. Um, one is because, frankly, it's just easier to implement. Um, and so in terms of an MVP, it's a lot easier just to, to get the promotion out the door when you don't have to worry about evergreening something uh, really taking something and making it evergreen, meaning available 24 seven and making it automated. Um, it's something you do after you know that it's working. You don't want to do that straight out of the gate uh, because it takes more time and energy to do. But the other reason is because when you do a live promotion, you're going to get live feedback, especially for example, if it's, if it's in a, in a webinar setting, if there's some sort of feedback loop where people can ask you questions, 
um, or a product launch, your question, your, your feedback loop might be in the form of Facebook comments on the various pages or live chat or emails that people send in. There's going to be some form of feedback loop. And that feedback loop is going to help help you realize, okay, there are some objections that, um, or the questions or objections, you really, they fall into a similar category. So there are some questions that are unanswered that we need to build into our, our marketing message. So I would, step one would be to do the promotion live. Right. And what type of offer do you recommend to start with, like, let's say this is the first time we are we are trying to sell something or we haven't sold something in a while. What what do you feel are, are the best way to start that requires minimum involvement but the highest uh, possible impact? Sure. So w- what I would recommend is that you w- whatever whatever price you think you're going to offer it at down the road. If this is the first time that you're offering it, um, that you're doing it live, what I would recommend is doing it at a price discount. We see this pretty commonly. For founding members or charter members, um, that when there's a, when you're on someone's subscriber list and you know that they're building something, when they first release it, usually there's an introductory price um, that's not required, but that would be my suggestion. Another one would be to sweeten the deal with some extra extra uh, add-ons that you can have. So these could be you know you, some some bonuses that you that you have. It might be free reports. It might be other products that you've created in the past. But another creative way to do it um, is to do what, um, just as an example, I've seen Teachable do for uh, for some of their summits where they go to other software companies and they say, hey, we're doing this this summit. Would you be willing to uh, to give us a um, you know three three months free to your software or whatever it is? Basically, it's free advertising, uh, free client acquisition or pseudo free. I'm doing air quotes now. Uh, free client acquisition for these companies that are in this bonus bundle. And so this is a way that Teachable doesn't have to come up with their free content, but they, or sorry, their, their extra bonuses, they don't have to go into content generation mode, uh, but they could offer a package of uh, bonuses to sweeten the deal that might be several hundred dollars or possibly several thousands of dollars in value, as long as they're relevant to uh, to the audience and, and they're, they're a close fit. That's a nice tip. Uh, definitely a nice tip. When it comes to the deadline and picking a like the date for your live promotion that could be step two i suppose so let's say you know what you're saying let's say we are selling a a, a live webinar that is packed with value maybe it's the summary of the best uh, tips that marketers have, have uh, shared with us in in this podcast and it's only going to be done once it's truly a live promotion it's not a replay of any kind it's live uh, it's going to be live uh, q a at the end and all of that what is your advice and that might be step two as i said how long uh, how far in the future do you want to set the the date that it's going to go live how far away should you prepare for it yeah so so it's um it's a balancing act because um so on the on the to, to give a ridiculously short example um just announcing it the morning of is not enough runway um two weeks is probably more runway than people can really pay attention to. So what I would recommend is I would think in terms of when, when is my audience really paying attention to their email inbox? Because a lot of this is going to center around their email inbox. Now, uh, you might be using other methods. You might have an SMS list with permission. You might have um, a chatbot list. Um, so it, it really depends. But 
a lot of our clients use um, use permission-based email marketing. And so if you have an idea of when your subscribers are looking at their emails or opening their emails and clicking through, that's probably, for most markets, it's probably going to be starting uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they're probably going to be uh, spending less time in their e email inbox on, on Saturday and Sunday. But again, it really depends on your audience. Um, but a, a business to business type of, of market, it's probably going to be Monday through Friday. So what I would do is I would want to have a few days of runway to get people amped up and excited and, and anticipating the webinar. So as a, as a default out of the gate, suggestion, what I would recommend is, is some, someday, sometime on a Thursday. Um, in terms of what time of day, again, you're just going to have, it's, it just really depends on how well you know your audience. Um, something to keep in mind would be time zones. So if you've got a lot of people on the West Coast, holding it at 10 a.m. Eastern, even if that's convenient for you, is going to leave out a lot of people who are on the West Coast. So you got to take these things into consideration. But just in terms of how much runway, I would recommend three to four days. So start on a Monday and then really try to build up the anticipation up until um, up until the day of the of the webinar, which I would do on a Thursday. Right. So we will do this webinar on Thursday and we start announcing it maybe a week before the Thursday before start talking about it or even starting on a Monday. Yeah, I, I, typically I start on the Monday before, um, but there's nothing there's there's no rule that says you couldn't start a, a week before. It right. really depends on on how much you have to say about about what's going to be happening. Um, and so how, how much you can how much you can really stoke the fires of anticipation and desire leading up to the event. So let's go back to to one thing that you mentioned before going to step three. You said that two weeks, I don't think it two weeks before might be too long. Uh, and you mentioned something around the fact that people want hold, like it won't hold people attention for, for that long of a time. Uh, so what do you mean by this? What's, what's the usual thought process behind this? Well, we've, so, so just based on what I've seen, um, going back many years, uh, product launches, uh, in the, in the internet marketing world, which is, which is kind of where both Andre and I kind of came from, um, product launches would span an entire month. Um, and there just wasn't, a, there weren't as many competing messages. Um, and so people could be excited and hold that excitement and hold that attention for, for about a month. Um, and then what, what we've seen is that that cycle has shortened down from a month to more like two weeks. And so I was just thinking in terms of, you know, I didn't, I don't know whether we're describing a full blown product launch, but I thought we were talking about a webinar and it might be a, a killer webinar, but a webinar would be an hour event. And then you send out the replay. You know, I'm just thinking what a webinar means to me. Sure. So a webinar in my mind is you get people excited. You get, you want as many people to attend live as possible. And then you try to deliver an hour to an hour and a half of amazing content. And then you have the replay that you send out emails for. And then there's a deadline several days later, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. So I was thinking of like a one, uh, a one day, uh, one hour or 90 minute event, not a, say, uh, say a four day product launch. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And we're on the same page. So that's okay. So step two, uh, is actually to set up, like to, to think about the length of at which you're going to try to, to hold people's attention. Uh, so step three, I guess we're going to start talking about Andre's 
uh, email marketing genius. Uh, I can I can sense it. I can sense we're going to talk about it somehow. Uh, or you probably have your own methods as well and, and your own way of thinking about it. So how do you hold people's attention? How do you make sure that you you send email to your list, you communicate with your people? How do you make sure that during those few days where you want to promote this live webinar uh, that is good value, that they are interested in it, that, that, that they're actually going to join it? Sure. So, so Andre is, uh, one of the things that I learned from Andre a long time ago is a concept of, of an open loop. So this is, uh, this is a concept, the name open loop, I believe comes from uh, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, but basically it means a cliffhanger. So just as any, any popular show, um, to get you tuning in to either next week's show or in the case of Netflix to binge watch an entire afternoon, um, you know, of, of house of cards, every single episode, um, answers questions from maybe the previous episode or a few episodes back, but always asks new questions. There's a, a new dilemma, a new conflict that's opened up and this is unresolved. The only way to resolve it is to tune in next week or to click, you know, watch the next episode. So in that same way, uh, leading up to this event, you want to you want to present um, questions that are going to that hopefully are are conflicts or issues that that your audience um, has has been ha have been dealing with themselves, and to to hint and suggest that there there are unique ways that your special guest is going to uh, going, going to be able to solve them. Um, or if you have prior conversations, here's another idea. This takes a little bit more advanced planning, but if it's a really big special guest and you want to have as much attendance as possible, maybe you do a quick interview like you and I are doing right now where you've got the audio and the video. Um, and this is sort of a, a lead up. So your, your goal for this is not to uh, deliver the same content you're going to deliver on the webinar, but talk about the same topic. And you you lead in with a, a juicy uh, sort of bit, so it's almost like a a preview, uh, a trailer, like a movie trailer for the webinar that's coming up. So you have an enticing, very short segment, maybe thirty seconds or a minute of conversation, and then this gives you a taste of what you're going to get on the actual live webinar. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but with YouTube, this is this is how short our attention span is getting. So the the ads that you see when you go and watch um, watch YouTube. So when you when there's a video that you want to watch. So for example, I love watching Stephen Colbert. Um, so when I go and I tune into Stephen Colbert, I've got to watch uh, the the YouTube uh, ad at the beginning. So what I've noticed is that uh, movie trailers, which are supposed to be the the short version of the movie, right? The the, the teaser to get you really excited about going and seeing the movie. In order for you, in order for you to watch the the trailer, rather than hitting skip ad, they have a trailer for the trailer in the first five seconds of the video, um, and so you you get this really exciting sneak peek, which I guess is the best of of the trailer, and then you realize, okay, this is a trailer, but I, my interest was peaked enough. Now I'm going to watch this. You actually want to watch the trailer, and so think of think about it in those terms, like a like a like a movie opening, grand movie opening. What sort of what sort of clips, what sort of information, what sort of tidbits behind the scenes info uh, can you drip out? Um, just to continue this, just one more second um, with the Infinity Wars movie that was just released, um, which I haven't seen, so don't spoil it for me. Um, you know, there was lots of behind the scenes stuff, lots of trailers. There were um, pre-trailers. Uh, you know, lots of little bits that were dripped out to get people excited, to get buzz, to get people talking about it, and so. 
to the extent that you can do this, even if you obviously don't have that type of uh, production quality, you don't have that type of budget, there are still strategies and tactics that you can borrow from that and use to get people excited because you've given them a tidbit, you've given them a taste of what's to come, you've opened up that loop, you've asked the question that's been been burning in their mind with the implied or explicit promise that when you attend, this is going to be answered. And another key thing is that if it's a really special guest, like let's say you're going to have, uh, let's say I was going to have Seth Godin on, if we said, hey, there's going to be 30 minutes of Q&A at the end where you can ask Seth any question that you want. That's a huge driver to get people to attend live is the ability to ask questions at the end. So first, I did see the movie and I'm not going to spoil it. I uh, promise. Uh, second, yes. uh, if you're listening to this episode right now and you haven't listened to Andre's, uh, Andre Chaperon's uh, episode about email marketing, please do, because it's packed with uh, proper insight into creating email and more importantly, stories that people uh, care about. Going back to the point you made, you made a lot of excellent points, but one that I, I picked up um, is about the TV shows. and. Now I'm a marketer and I'm, I, I do enjoy the, the storytelling aspect of marketing and I do know a bit about it now. I cannot help but notice things and I cannot watch TV shows before uh, in, uh, noticing it. I just have to notice those things. So sure. we are watching uh, Billions at the minute with my wife, uh, with a very good TV show. And I noticed um, that they always have three stories within the story. So you have the main story, the big mm -hmm. loop, the one that starts from episode number one or season number one and finishes until the fucking series finish. Right. Then you have the second uh, side of story that is a bit smaller. It's like maybe every two or three episodes, there's gonna, like it opens, there's, a, there's an intrigue, there's something happening, episode one, it's almost going on episode two and it finishes episode three and then a new one starts. And then you have the, the shitty, the shitty stories in, inside each episode. So it lasts an episode and it's usually a love related uh, loop. So it's like right. one of the character, and it's a focus on on his or, or her love story, but uh, with sp somebody specific, like uh, he she cheated on him or vice versa, or, and that's it. And so those three things together create this amazing TV show. But if you mm -hmm. deconstruct it, you kind of like, you know, it's it's a bit shitty um, as a whole, like as a, as a individual stories. But the package is is a beautifully done um, package. So. That's a very long point I'm trying to make. But um, going back to, to Andre's methodology um, and storytelling in general, um, in Hotjar, which is a company I work for, we set up this exact um, storytelling for, for emails. Um, and we had a, a series of five emails being sent every day after someone um, signed up to our upcoming podcast that we launched uh, called The Human Strike Back. And it was a very simple story of me uh, basically fucking up my first six months uh, at Hotjar, where I didn't really know what I did. Uh, I had a, a very weak strategy and I didn't do things uh, the right way. I focused on the wrong uh, things, in particular number instead of people. And that's kind of the story in those five emails. The open rate for those emails, the first one was more than 75%. And the, the, the lowest open rate was maybe 55%, 60%. And wow. that was higher than anything we ever had ever. And yeah. it's just because it was, it was based on the story. So to go back to the point of what we're trying to make here together about, uh, about deadline, urgency, and scarcity, I think step number three is really about storytelling. And it's, it's super important to make sure that 
if you want to hold people's attention for more than 10 seconds, use storytelling as a way to, 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 to distribute your message because it's super, super powerful. Absolutely. Right. Step four then. What do we do? Okay. So, uh, so we're at the put, so we, we've talked about when to schedule it. Uh, we talked about, uh, the lead up to it. So I, I guess the next question would be, well, when should I, when should I make the deadline? Um, and, and again, as with a lot of things, there's, you know, I'll, I'll give a, a starting point. Um, but really it just kind of depends on, on your market. But if we, if we do the webinar event on Thursday, um, the first thing that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to make sure for this live event that you're uh, recording it. You're going to want to have some backup systems in place. Uh, so I don't want to go any deeper into, you know, s some of those parts of it. But let's assume that you have a good viable recording. So you want to get that up as quickly as possible and send out the email to the rest of the people that didn't show. Because no matter how good of a job you do, you're not going to get 100% of the people to attend a webinar. Um, you know, a, a, a decent show up rate. And, and most markets would be, say, 33%. And so two out of three people, roughly, haven't seen your message. They were interested enough to register. They were interested enough to open your emails and even click on things. Uh, but they didn't attend. Maybe it was the wrong time. Maybe something happened, whatever. But, um, but, but you still want to get your message in the hands of those people. So you want to send out the replay. Um, and then in addition, you want to send out um, additional emails after that. And we can talk about what those emails might include. But then you want to pick uh, what, what your deadline would be. Again, what I would do is I would make sure that the last day of your promotion that's going to end with a deadline, it, you, uh, you have that on a day where you believe that your audience is going to be in their email inbox. So if, if Sunday is a really bad day for open rates and for attention, you don't want to end it on a Sunday. And here's why. Um, as I mentioned before, the last day of a promotion when you have that deadline is where you have the highest number of sales. It's what I call the perfect persuasion window. Um, that term means that in terms of emails, uh, revenue per email sent, in terms of revenue per visitors landing on your website, that's going to, no matter what metric you want to use along the lines of revenue per whatever, that's going to be your best period of time, the 12 hours before your deadline. And so you want to make sure, number one, that it's on a day where people are going to be paying attention, not hanging out with their family. Number two, um, you're going to want to send more than one email on that day. Now, uh, it's just a simple fact. We've I've seen it time and time and time again. Um, I've never seen an exception to this. When you have your, your deadline, your last day, when you send more than one email, you will make more sales, period, full stop. Um, I recommend, I like to recommend people send three emails. Now, if that's to more than you want to send, I at least recommend that you send two because even just sending that one additional final reminder email is going to get additional sales, believe it or not. Like, so you need, everyone needs to, everyone listening to this needs to understand that, that people are not sitting around waiting for your emails, desperately waiting for the email that you're going to send today. So they, they can open it, read every word of what you're what you've written and to click on it and to read the web page and watch the video. People are busy. And so believe it or not, even though you sent an email at 10 AM saying, Hey, today's the last day. I want to make sure you know about it. And you feel like, Hey, that's enough. The job is done. I told people, well, yeah, you told people, but some people didn't get the email. Some people didn't see the email. You need to send another one if you want to make more sales. And here's the thing. If you're doing your job properly as a, as a marketer, as a founder, entrepreneur, et cetera, 
you and your team will set up your email so that when someone purchases, whether they purchase on the live webinar or whether they purchase right before the deadline, you should be taking them out of the sequence to get additional email. So someone who buys is not going to see that final call email or the extra two emails that you send that day. So you really should not worry about, you know, what are people going to think? You really should be thinking about how can I, how can I, if you, if you, again, going back to the mom test, if you truly believe in your product and you believe that your product and service can change the lives of the people that you're talking to, as long as they're the right prospect, then you owe it to them, not just your pocketbook, but you owe it to them to send an extra one or two emails. And the great thing about it is that those, that extra one or two emails on that last day are really simple emails. You don't need to create a really fancy, well-written Andre style email. It's basically, you know, so let's, let's just use the example of if you're just going to send one more email, say at 5 PM that day, it's really just simple. Hey, um, you know, final call. And just, you know, before I, before I sign out for the day, I just want to send this last email to make sure that you know about it. Some people have been hitting the snooze button, uh, but this, this deal is closing tonight. Here's a summary of the, of, of, of what we're offering and why it's great for you. And, you know, this is only good until midnight tonight. Click here, click here to, to, to join. And so just by sending out a real brief recap, that's, that's really all it takes. And you will see a dramatic increase in sales. And if you're tracking, if you're using, say, UTM parameters and the links and you're tracking where your sales are coming from, you're going to see that that email, that final email drives a tremendous number of sales that you otherwise wouldn't get if you just said, yeah, you know, I feel uncomfortable sending more than one email a day. This is one of those times where you should step outside your comfort zone and send more than one email. I'm sure a lot of people listening right now might, might wonder if I send that many emails to people who haven't made the move, I'm running the risks that they will unsubscribe. Yep. And they might. So, um, you know, first of all, again, it comes back to, do you really believe in your product? Do you believe in your service? Uh, if you do, you owe it not just to your company's revenue and your, your revenue, but you owe it to the people who are, who really are interested, but they're procrastinating to send that additional email. Uh, but the other thing is that someone who's, who unsubscribes because, oh my gosh, you sent me two emails. You sent me a final courtesy uh, reminder they're not going to buy from you anyhow. You know, they're not, they're, they're not ideal. You know, you guys are not a, a good match. This is just their, you know, their way of signaling, you know, what, you know, what you're offering isn't for me. I don't like your voice. I don't like, you know, whatever, but it's not like you're going to be losing potential future clients by the droves. Um, your unsubscribe rate will be actually relatively low because again, the, the people who, who purchase, aren't going to even see that second email. Um, and the people who, who didn't, who, you know, who just aren't interested, it's not going to bother them very much to see that the second email, because it's just a final courtesy reminder. Right. But, you know, but, but in the, but, but my final, the final thing that I would say about that is for anyone who is doing live webinars and you're not sending more than you're, you're not sending more than one email on the last day, my advice would be treat it as an experiment, test it out. See what, see what would happen because what you will find, I guarantee you, what you will find is that you're going to make a lot more revenue and you're going to get a very, very, very small uptick in unsubscribes, if any. I've seen a few Facebook ads recently about this, uh, this, this guy selling sort of a software to do, I don't know what, via email, but the way he's do he does it is that he set up webinars. And you go on the ad and you go to the landing page and there is a countdown on top. 
that is always less than 24 hours and you come back the next day and it's 24 hours again. And he's basically running webinars on replay three times a day to drive urgency and, and, and scarcity. What's, what's your view on this type of activities? And would you classify that as being unethical? Uh, and where is the line? Like, where do you think, okay, this guy or this gal is using the product, my product in the wrong way. And I actually, I have another question then, but I'm, I'm going to keep it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in my mind, it's real simple. See a lot of people, uh, let me, before I give you where I was going with this, let me start with the simple answer. So it's real simple. If, if what you're saying, whether it's on a live webinar, a live event, speaking from the stage, or if you are um, sending it out in an email, if what you're saying isn't true, then it's unethical. I mean, that's, it's, it's as cut and dry as that. Now, where I was, where I was about to go before I backtrack to the simple answer is that what a lot of people get confused is that they assume that, okay, well, if the, if the deadline or the countdown is automated, and by the way, our software does more than just put a countdown, but, but if the, if the countdown or the deadline is automated, um, then it's, then it must be untrue. And that's, that's simply not the fact. There's a difference between automation, whether something is, whether we're using technology to automate something and whether it's real or not. And I'll give you a perfect example. So you and I are both in the, in the SaaS world, you work for Hotjar. Now I, I think that I'm not as familiar with Hotjar's, um, I think they have a freemium plan, but, but there's a lot of, uh, we both know that there's a vast number of SaaS companies that the main method of getting someone into their funnel is to have a 14 or 30 day free trial. And when you join, there's, you put in your credit card and you get onboarding emails and you can either say, you know what, I'm not interested, or you can continue on. You're using the product and you love it. There, there is a deadline and the deadline is automated. So the free, so the end of the free trial is determined solely by when you started the free trial. And, and you and I both know that these SaaS companies, the vast, vast majority of them, it's, it's not, it's not a, a, a fake deadline. I mean, if you, you know, if you, if you wait past the deadline, you, you will be billed. I mean, so you're, you know, and there might be some sort of special, uh, special rate that you get because you join through a Facebook ad or something like that. And so those, those deadlines are real. So the SaaS world has been using automated uh, deadlines very effectively for, for, for quite a long time. You know, other ways that they use it would be, even if it doesn't roll into automated billing, would be a, a 14 or 30 day free trial that just ends unless you go and add your, your credit card, unless you upgrade to a paid plan. And so that's another example where this is done, this is done in an automated fashion, but just because it's automated doesn't mean that it's not real. So to come back to what I said earlier, in my mind, it's real simple. It has nothing to do with whether something is automated. It, all it has to do with is, um, is, is what you're saying in your marketing, is it, is it true or not? So, if, so in terms of this specific example of there's a webinar registration page and let's say it says something like, this is the only time that you can register for this. And then you come back tomorrow and you see the same countdown. Well, that's bullshit. And, and that's, that's not the way that, you know, I, I'm, I'm against that. It's a very good way to put it. And to be, to be, to be fair, I hadn't thought about the, the free trial 
mechanism because Hoja has a 14-day free trial. And I realize now that it is a, it is a sort of a countdown uh, in order to, to build scarcity, to, to make sure that people are using and testing the product before they, they are built for it. So it's a good example. And I think it also shows that uh, people need to be willing to be open-minded and think um, outside of, of, of what they are certain uh, is wrong or, or right. And it's always good to, to talk to people like you who have knowledge in the specific industry. Here's, here's, a, here's another advantage, um, sort of a hidden advantage of using, using a deadline in your promotion. So first of all, if you have an evergreen 24-7 promotion where, you're not, where you don't have a deadline, you're, you're losing money, period. I truly believe that. But here's another reason why uh, having a deadline of sorts is good. Let's use the hot jar example. So let's say it's a 14-day uh, totally free trial where someone has to proactively choose to go to the website and, and enter in their credit card details or else access to Hotjar ends. Um, at the end of that deadline, for the people that didn't take action, you can send out a feedback loop mechanism. It could be a survey. It could be, could you hit reply to this email? It could be, and it could be get on the phone with a customer service representative or start a live chat. Hey, we would love to know, uh, sorry, you know, we see that you started your free trial on X date and you decided not to continue. We're really bummed out. Could you click this link and let us know? Okay, now that feedback, think about this. If you didn't have the deadline, when would you send that out? Because if someone, if, if there was no deadline, when's the right time to know that someone didn't use it? If there's no deadline, hey, I might be just still trying out the free version. So, you know, in, in the same way, if you're, if, if someone's on your email list and you're trying to get them to, um, to, to, to buy your product, when is the right time to send out the, the survey or, or feedback mechanism that says, hey, I, you know, obviously you're not going to buy this. Well, how is it obvious? You know, if you have no deadline, there's no right time to send out that, hey, why didn't you take action? And so having the deadline not only increases your sales, but gives you a great opportunity to perfectly time the feedback loop to find out, hey, you were interested in this. You attended the webinar. Just kind of curious, why didn't you buy? I, you know, no hard feelings. I'm not going to high pressure sales you, but I just would love to hear your untarnished, unfiltered version about why, you know, what we could do better. But Jack, uh, thanks so much for going through this exercise with me. I know I'm not easy, um, but I think you've, you came up with very good points and I, I tried my best to play devil's advocate. I'm not that <laughs> against uh, countdown, uh, but I want you to make sure that that even the people who, who really didn't believe in it, listening to it, uh, to this episode would, would, uh, would be convinced by, by what you had to say. Um, I have a few questions that I always ask yeah. my guest before, uh, at the end of, of each episode. Uh, the first one is, what do you think marketers should learn today that will help them in the next 10 years, 20 years, 50 years? Um, I, in my opinion, sorry, I hope I'm answering the question as it was in, intended, but in my opinion, um, public speaking. Uh, because I don't, I don't think that that's even with, you know, no matter how advanced technology gets, I think it's just going to continue to aid in our ability to, to get our message out there. And at, at, at its core, uh, you know, our, our message is our ability to either get on camera, you know, whether it's recorded or get on a webinar, if it's, if it's live, stand on a stage, um, give an elevator speech in, a, in an elevator, you know, when you happen to be standing next to an angel investor or your ideal prospect, but your ability to deliver your message in a, in a persuasive way uh, to the right audience. So I don't ever think that that will be, will be outdated. 
the ability to to speak publicly. What are the top three best resources you would recommend our listeners? They could be software. Don't mention yours because we'll mention uh, uh, we'll talk about your your product a bit more. <laughs> so outside of uh, deadlinefunnel.com, any other software, books, podcasts, conferences, anything. Um, well, we've already thrown a lot of love Andre's way, but I, I really, I really respect Andre. He's a great friend of mine. Um, his com- his ethical compass points true north. Um, I've met a lot of people whose ethical compass either doesn't point true north or doesn't exist. So Andre is a great guy. So anything that he's got, um, autoresponder madness um, or you know uh, his his storytelling courses. He's got a new one he came out with called Sphere of Influence. So he's He's got some really great stuff, and you'll you'll get you'll learn a lot just by being on his uh, on his uh, subscription list. Um, that would be the first one. Let me think. What else? Another guy that I truly value what he says, and I've known him for a long time, and I worked for him is a guy named Perry Marshall. Um, he he comes out with some brilliant stuff, um, and so he's I, I read the Chicago event I came back from. Uh, he put on. And so, you know, he, he was one of the first guys who, tra- who cracked the code on direct response marketing for Google AdWords. He's got, if not the number one book on um, Google AdWords advertising, it's, um, it's tied for number one with another guy named Brad Geddes. Um, so Perry Marshall's a super, super savvy guy. And he really just, the way his mind works, he, it's, it's really fascinating to see how he pulls in ideas from biology and sometimes religion and, um, engineering and, and pulls them together and, and makes some sort of uh, point that otherwise just, just, you know, the, the ideas, the idea just seems random, but it, when he brings them together, it just is beautiful. Um, and I'm trying to think, trying to think what is another, another great resource. Let's make it your product. So you said that the calm down isn't the only feature that you have in, in, uh, in Deadlight Funnel. So what else does it do? Yeah. So, so the, at, at its core, what it's designed to do is it's designed to give marketers the ability to ethically automate a deadline in their promotion. So you can make more money and also get that feedback after the deadline passes. So what our system does is it will synchronize with your email software. It will also synchronize if you're using chat bots, we synchronize with many chat and chat fuels so that you can run these automated promotions where when you say, when your technology says today's a deadline, it is in fact the deadline. Again, going back to telling the truth. Um, and so that's at its core what our system does. But in addition to having the countdown timers, you have the ability to do a lot of other cool things, such as the ability to um, to have personalized on your page the person's exact deadline date and time. So even if you don't want to show the countdown, you could say, look, doors close 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, August 5th. You know, and so that is personalized uh, to them. Uh, you have you have the ability to personalize it right in right in the email as well. Also, one of the things we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but um, for folks who are using urgency, I feel like there's a right time to use it. So when someone first signs up for your email list, if they're going to check out your special offer page, um, if if this is their first contact with you personally, I feel that showing a countdown and talking about the deadline is the wrong message at the wrong time. It's not the right time to do that. Usually around the last 72 hours or last 48 hours, um, where in your follow-up marketing, you might be talking, where you should be talking about the deadline approaching, 
that's when you would want that to show up. And so what our software gives you the ability to do is to hide all of that urgency-based stuff, hide the countdown until right before your deadline so that for the people who are procrastinating, they will see the countdown. They will see the, the what their deadline is on that page. And if they wait too long, they won't be able to take action. But for everyone who is is a type of person that sees the benefit, sees the value and wants to take action right away. They're not turned off by seeing a five day countdown sitting in front of their face on the, on the, on the page. So our software does all that and it works with um, lots of different pieces of the marketing stack. So if you're using say lead pages or unbounce for your opt-in pages, you're using WordPress for some of your sales pages and you're using, I don't know, uh, SAM card or something like that for your checkout pages or whatever it is that you're using, you can have it work across all of those different pages. So that's really what it's designed to do. It's designed to keep keep you ethical and honest while at the same time automating something that has been proven to work and pr- proven to get people who are interested to to go from procrastination mode to taking action mode. So that's what it does. Right. Jack, thanks so much for spending the time to answer all of my questions. I wish I could have uh, asked you more about your entrepreneurial background. I, u- I usually have a very interesting question that I ask every single entrepreneur, but I think that I'm going to have to pass um, because it's been almost an hour that we are talking uh, together. So Jack, once again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it, Louis. That's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. And this is the moment where I tell you to subscribe to our email list. So before you leave and go to another podcast or listen to another episode, I don't treat email lists uh, the way people usually treat their email list. I really treat that as a, as a one-to-one conversation. So I'm going to send you very short and personal emails every two weeks, I would say. we I'll inform you of guests in advance. I'll share with you my numbers and how many listens we get and I'll also ask you for your feedback in terms of the questions we can ask future guests and perhaps I can also uh, have you on the show uh, someday so don't be afraid to subscribe I'm not going to spam you and you can always unsubscribe for sure if you wish the second thing we need from you is your harsh and honest feedback we know that this show is not perfect yet and we always Uh, can improve so you can send us your email at feedback at everyonehatesmarketers.com good or bad please feel free to send me an email and the last thing I like uh, from you is that if you did like the episode please share it to your friends your colleagues or whoever might like it and also please review it on iTunes or another service that you might use to listen to your podcast because if you leave us a five-star review it means that more people will be likely to listen and we can spread the word quicker So thank you so much once again and au revoir. And that's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm super, super grateful. I'd love for you to consider subscribing to my daily newsletter, Monday to Friday, called Stand the Fuck Out Daily. I send very short, hopefully interesting, surprising, shocking, entertaining content to help you stand the fuck out. It's at everyonehatesmarketers.com. You can subscribe for free and obviously unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm just going to read a couple of emails that I got recently as a reply. 
Juma said your content attacks the mind primarily, which is such a good thing because most of us are skilled at what we do, but we don't have the courage to do it our way. Mark, who just subscribed a couple uh, days before, said this is my first issue of your newsletter. Love it. Glad I subscribed. Brianna said, I just realized this morning that my email habit is now to one, skim through the list, two, select all unread industry email except yours, three, delete and don't think twice, four, quickly skim yours. Amy said, also loving the new content is coming from you. It feels really lovely. Candle said, I like your writing a lot. It really resonates. There's so much bullshit out there. It's good to touch the authentic. And Chloe said, where is the I fucking love this email button? Brilliant. I hope you subscribe. You'll be joining more than 14,000 subscribers at this stage, which is crazy. It's the size of a small stadium. Anyway, thank you so much. See you on the other side.